Hey, this is Kevin, the student pastor at Short Church Again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We strive each week to bring relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To stay up to date with what's going on at the church or to support the mission financially, head over to scog.com or download our app. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, we have a very, 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 very special thing getting ready to happen. You may be seated uh, this morning. Uh, Bree, come on up. We, uh, Bree and I have been talking since October. Many of you know Bree. Bree is a graduate of our student ministry here at, um, at Shore Church of God. She grew up in this place. The Moors have recently left us, moved away. <laughs> um, and, uh, but Bree, Bree approached me in October or late September and said, Jared, I feel the call to be a missionary. And, uh, I feel called to be a missionary to Japan. I don't know if I'm stealing some of your notes here, so you yeah, let me up here to talk. Uh, but but what we but the, out of that conversation, Jared, I would really love the, the opportunity to to speak at at Short Church God. And she said like next week, and I said, well, let's let's hold on a second. Um, and what about um, at the beginning of the year? What do you think about that? She said, that would be amazing. I was like, okay. I'm ad-libbing there. I think you said that'd be amazing. But um, so I said, what a wonderful, wonderful thing for our church to be a part of. One of our own, one of our own babies, feeling called to missions, and going and to uh, bring the word of God this morning uh, to us. So um, I'm so excited for you, Bree. And this is a crazy adventure. And all these weird people are looking at you all the time. So just, just stare at the back wall. It's okay. Uh, but it's, uh, it is, it's such an honor and a wonderful thing that we get to be uh, the church home that gets to help launch you. And we're so proud of you and so excited for you. And um, let me pray for you. And we'll turn over to you, okay, sweetheart? All right. I think eek is the right word to use. Um, I remember when I was 16, I got the my very, I'm not praying right now. Uh, people were like, <laughs> do this thing. Um, I was 16, I got the very first opportunity to preach. Uh, it was sectional time for um, for swimming. And so I had bleach blonde dyed hair because the whole swim team was there. We're all bleach blonde dyed hair and I looked goofy, Um, but I preached. And so I also remember getting done with that message and my notes were done, but I didn't write a conclusion. And so I just looked at the crowd and said, that's all I got. (laughs) Walked off the stage. So I said, hey, work on a conclusion. So if she says, hey, that's all I got, then she just stole my conclusion. So there you go. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for Bree. Lord, I ask for your anointing to rest on her lips right now, that you would hide her in the shadow of your cross, that the words of her heart would be your words. The words of her tongue would be your words. And God, we we are so excited for her. We are so um, just giddy for what you want to do in her life. And so, Lord, I ask you to fill fill her with boldness, Fill her with confidence. Fill her with courage. Fill her with strength. Fill her with wisdom beyond her years. Fill her with eloquence. God, we ask you to touch her and to be with her. Remove any nerves that she has and that she would be your vessel this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I had an intro, but um, he kind of stole my thunder. (laughs) So, hi, I am Bree, <laughs> and as he said, um, this used to be my church. I know a lot of these people here, and <laughs> I 
this was my home, and then I moved. Thank you. <laughs> we moved five hours away, but I, whenever we moved, I felt this calling like God was just poking me, and he was like, hey, you need to talk to someone about what I have told you about and what I've showed you. So I was like, well, shoot. And we had just started going to a new church, and I was like, I... <laughs> I don't know these people, so I don't really want to mess up in front of all of them. So I thought, since I moved away from here, and um, they haven't had to deal with me for a while, I thought that I would just come here and give it to them. (laughs) So today, I am going to be talking about love. And it's really quite a fickle thing. It comes and goes. It's like the wind. One second it'll be going one way, and then the other it'll be blowing a completely different way. And it's just unpredictable. And even if sometimes we feel like we really love our family or our spouse or our friends or whatever, sometimes we kind of dislike them. It's, it's what we know. Like, we're unpredictable. <laughs> An example is a couple months ago, in October, uh, my dad came up for a month to work, and we rented a house. This house had two rooms. My family has four members, and I'm the youngest. Are you starting to see my predicament here? <laughs> well, the first week that we came up to visit my dad, it was just mom and I, so I got the spare bedroom. It was the comfiest bed. I loved it. But the next week, my sister came along, Ashley. And we were driving, and I said, I I call the second bedroom. I said it out loud. Everybody knew about it. But my mom decided that since I had gotten it the week before, Ashley got it. Can't you just see, like, the face of betrayal? Like, Mom, that's, that's not how this works. We talked about this, like... I get the room. (laughs) And I asked Ashley, hey, do you want to share the bed? It's a really comfy bed. And she said no. Uh, (laughs) So I got the pull-out twin. Um, I was a bit upset. But that was a bit of a dramatic retelling of the story, if you can't tell. (laughs) I'm a bit dramatic. (laughs) Um, I was, the betrayal, 100% real. I was really upset that I didn't get the bed. But the pullout really wasn't that bad. It was, it was pretty comfy. Um, but have you ever had a moment where someone that you loved, even though you loved them so much, they made you mad, like really mad, and there for a little bit, you might have loved them just a little less? That's, that's normal. That's what we're kind of known for as humans. We're kind of fickle. We get mad really easily. But can you imagine a love that even though we mess up, he still loves us? Someone that will love us so unconditionally we don't have to worry about one day it'll go away because it'll always be there. That's God's love. God's love is this reckless love that doesn't make sense. And even though we make a mess of it and even though we just, throw it away sometimes or walk away he still loves us and just waits for us and it's it's crazy it it doesn't make sense and the only 
love that can we can even start to compare it to is the love that a parent has for their child. And it still doesn't even scratch the surface of God's love for us. It's like when a parent, their child's just beginning to walk, and I'm 16, I don't have any experience with this, but I have seen children. Um, <laughs> so, but the child, he begins, the child begins to walk, and he just like, he stands up, and he just falls. And the parents just goes, oh, okay, that's, that's my child. Um, <laughs> but he'll, he'll stand up and then he'll fall again and he'll fall a couple times. But the one time that the baby makes it to his, his parent, the parent will get so excited. He'll take him up and he'll laugh and he'll, he'll cry maybe because I'm quite a crier. So I feel like when my child will walk, I will cry. <laughs> um, but he'll get so excited and but even if they fall, the parent's not going to go now. I'm not, I'm not going to pick you up because you didn't walk to me. You crawled to me, but you didn't walk. That's not how this works. I want you to walk to me. No, he, he takes them up and he loves them. And it, 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 it's not just like a one-sided love. And the baby, whenever... He's walking or he falls. He doesn't look up and see his giant dad standing there like a giant. He's like, oh my gosh. He sees his dad leaning down. And he has his arms open wide like, hey, come here. You can do it. And he, he's just, the dad's just ready for him to run, stumble, crawl into his arms because that's his baby. That's his whole world. And he just loves him. And... If you think about it, sometimes we don't walk all the way to God. It's not usually how this works. Sometimes we start walking like a champ and we're like, we got this. Then something comes at us and we fall. And now God looks far away. God looks like a distant memory that at one time we could have gotten to, but now it's, it's too far away. It's not worth it. Or, and then we turn around or we do something and we don't go to God where we should. We just, we walk away. But the thing is, even if we fall down and we haven't walked all the way to God, maybe we crawl and we, we come up to him and we're like, whoops. Or we walk away because... We see something shiny or more interesting or something that looks cool. And God just doesn't look as cool. It, 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 he doesn't care. Even if we mess up, he still comes and he wraps us in his arms and he calls us his child. Even though we're the ones that walked away from him, he still loves us. And it's crazy. I don't. I don't get it. But one of the stories in the Bible was about a son. And the son messed up. He messed up so much. But Jesus was telling this story to his disciples to show them just how much God loved them. Because they just didn't get it. And the story is in Luke. It goes, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, 
I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between the sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of the money on wild living. About this time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. So I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer being uh, no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robes in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. This kid messed up big time. Like he walked up to his dad and said, hey, can I have my inheritance money now? That's practically going up to his dad and say, hey, you're not dying fast enough. Can I have my part of your money, please? And then his dad gave it to him. And then not only did he ask his dad for his money, but then he went off and spent it on pointless things. And then he ran out of money right as a famine came by. And so he had no food. So he went to a farmer and he said, hey, I don't have a job. I don't have any money. Could you give me a job? And the farmer goes, sure, I have some pigs out there. And so he goes and he feeds the pigs. And as he's out there, he's, he's starving. So he looks at the pig food that he's giving to the pigs. And he says, this looks really good. I don't know about you, but pig food isn't on the top 10 list of foods that I would like to eat. But whatever, you get desperate. But he thought, and one day he was like, my dad's servants have enough food to have leftovers why am I here feeding pigs and sneaking some of their food? That doesn't make sense. So he was, he's thinking of a plan. He was like, I'm just going to go back to my dad. And be like, dad, I messed up. I messed up big time. But could I come in and I, could I just be your servant? That's all I need. I don't have anywhere else to go. God, or dad, can I just, can I just be your servant? And so he started, he went to his dad's house. And as he was walking there, I can just imagine him going, like, trying to come up with something to say to his dad, like, hey, dad. No, that sounds silly. Um, Hello, father. I know I messed up. 
but I have nowhere else to go. I, I don't know what to do, and I'm starving, and I was feeding the pigs, but I can't do that. And so I was wondering if I could just be your servant. And so he was going over this over and over and over, and he was getting more stressed as the like, closer that he got to his father's house. And then he heard a shout, and he looked up in horror because he knew that voice. And he looked down the road, and he saw his dad just like sprinting down to him. And he's like, sit. This is where I die because he's mad. He never runs. <laughs> and when his dad got to him, he hugged him. And he was like, that's, that's weird, but whatever. And his dad said to his servants, like, this is my son. Do you see him? He's back. You need to go get the robes. You need to go get the shoes, the rings. You just go get everything for him. You need to kill that calf that we've been fattening for this party. Um, because we're going to have a party for my son now. And he was just so excited. And the servants were going off. And they're like, Joe, wasn't that the guy that, like, took the guy's money? And he's like, yeah, I think, I think that was him. But whatever. And... So back to the son, (laughs) I got a little distracted there, but back to the son, he was sitting there and he was like, oh my gosh, my dad's going to kill me. And then he was like hearing what his dad was saying, but he wasn't actually hearing what his dad was saying. He, he was just sitting there like, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. And then he, he heard what his dad was actually saying. And he was like, wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> like it, it didn't make sense. He was so ready for his dad to run up and just put a cross down. He was like, you're going to die. And he, he was thinking like, okay, what am I going to put on my gravestone? Do you think he's going to let me like put down what I'm going to put down on my gravestone? He was like death from rightfully mad father, like something, something crazy. And he was just scared. And then he heard what his dad was saying. He's like, what did you say to me? Like, you can't, are you talking to me? Is there another son of my father's? Because I messed up. I took all of his money. I spent it. And now I'm coming back and begging for him. And he's, he just, he's going to throw a feast for me. What? And his dad was like, yeah, you're back. I thought you had died. I thought I was never going to see you again. And now you're back. And it just, it didn't make sense. And if you think about it, most of us are the son. We take all that God has given us, and he gives us so much. We live in America. I just went over to Portillo's and had a great meal. It was fantastic. Like, not everybody can do that. We are so blessed. And, but all of the things that God gives us, we just take it, we just throw it in the mud, and we step on it, just for good measure. And then whenever we come crawling back to him, we're like, God, I messed up. And I don't have anywhere else to go, and I just threw away all of your stuff, and I know you're probably mad at me, and you don't want to see me. I don't have anywhere else to go. This is my last option, God. I don't, I don't know. And you expect God to just like smite you with lightning. And he doesn't. He comes and picks you up and he, he calls you his child. And it's, it's crazy. Like it doesn't make sense. God's love is a love that we don't deserve. And it's this crazy love. 
And yet he still gives it to us, and it just doesn't make sense. It reminds me of this song that I heard whenever I was making a sermon and whenever God gave this to me because I was sitting there like long nights and I was like, why is God telling me to tell this? Like, I don't get it. And God was like, hey, you need need to tell this to everybody. And I was like, okay. And this song came up and it's called um, Hallelujah Here Below by Elevation Worship. And the first time I heard this song, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this song. And I just, I love it. It's the greatest song. And it just, it shows just how crazy God's love is. And how we are imperfect. And we're the like worst children. We're like the nightmare kids that no one wants. (laughs) But we still got them and we're stuck with them. And he still loves us, and it's crazy. Here's some of the lyrics. We're an altar of broken stones, but you delight in the offering. You have the heavens to call your home, but you abide in the song that we sing. 10,000 angels surround your throne to bring you praise that will never cease, but hallelujah here below is still your favorite melody. Like God has angels around the clock singing praises to him that probably only angels could sing. And yet he chooses the little mess up of a human that won't be constant in their praises. will walk away because this is cooler. And you're not as cool as this game or this book or this person. And he just sits there and he's like, yeah, but I still love you. And it's just crazy because even though we mess up, God still calls us his children. He calls us his baby that he would do anything for, that he would run to the edges of the heavens just to be near us. And it just completely blows my mind. I don't get it. But the whole reason that I'm talking about this is because of me. I suffer with anxiety. And so all of my life, I saw God as this God that he, he wouldn't love me because I messed up. I have all these problems. I overthink things. I, I am crazy. I sometimes think that. <laughs> valid um but um he he just he loves us and I, I don't get that and it just it doesn't make it didn't make sense to me and I I saw it as I have to fix myself and I have to learn how to love myself before I can even think of getting close to God, because I mean, I can't do this, and and that's it's the complete opposite thing that I should do. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. And I didn't see God as a God that would move mountains for me. I saw Him as a God that would be mad at me because I sinned and I messed up. And there's this pastor 
that I heard speak once. His name is Pastor Chris Hodges. And in one of his sermons, he said that God doesn't want a religion. He wants a relationship. And I always saw like my life is that I have to get myself right before I can go to God. When I should have gone to him because I can't fix this on myself. And my whole thought process of I can't, I can't, I can't go to him because I have all these problems. I need to fix these problems. The problems aren't going to go away. But I, I, I ignored that. And I was like, I can't get close to God because I have these problems. They all got flipped when the youth and I went to a youth trip called Motion this last August. And there at the youth um, conference, we had these like, big singers. We had like Hillsong and Lecrae and it's fantastic. And through all of the songs and all of the speakers, God would pull out these lyrics and sentences that would be, he would just pull it out and he would say, it was, it was, it was crazy because he would say, I love you. And if you just love me, all of this will fall into place. Like it'll all be okay. And I just shook my head and I was like, uh-uh, that's not how that works. I have to do something for you to love me. Like, I have to fix myself and I can't, this can't be that easy. And then later that night, we were all in our rooms and we were talking about, like, what was our favorite part of motion? And um, we were talking. And I, um, I remember Kelly saying, and I don't remember if, if it was to me or someone else, Um, But she said, we often try to fix and love ourselves before we can let ourselves go to God. That's a complete opposite thing that we should do. We should love God, and he will show you how to love yourself. And after that, I felt like my mind, like, clicked. Like, I felt the click. It's the weirdest thing. But I felt it, and then the next day, they would sing, and they would talk, and I would still hear, hey, if you love me, everything will be figured out. And I didn't go, no. Mm-mm. It's not how this works. I went, whoa, that isn't how this works. And he loves me that much? It, it, it's just crazy. And then... On the last day of motion, we had these cards. I still have it. I thought it would be cool if I had a prop. Um, but we, <laughs> we had these cards. Go with me. <laughs> we have these cards. And on this card, we would put what we were going to do after we left motion. Because you can't just stay in motion. That's impractical and expensive to stay in a stadium. Um <laughs> It doesn't work. So they're saying you need to fill this out of what you're going to do when you leave because you're changed now. You've experienced these crazy God moments. What are you going to do with him whenever you go back home? And so we're all sitting there. And I was like pumped up. I was like, yeah, what are you going to do with me? And I was so excited and I was just waiting. I was like, okay, what is he going to say? And then I saw people around me start to stand up and they're holding up their signs and they're like, yes, yeah, what God's going to do for me. And they're so excited. And I was sitting there with an empty card. And I was like, what's going on? 
We've gotten so close, God. Why aren't you answering me? Why aren't you telling me what to put on here? I don't know if you know this, God, but I'm moving after this. Like, my house is gone. All of these people around me, I'm not going to be near them anymore. These are my brothers and sisters, God. I don't know what I'm going to do without them. And I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know what it was going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have anything on here. I was freaking out. And I don't know if it was God, he just put it in my mind, or if it was a song. I don't remember. It's kind of a blur. But I just remember hearing loud and clear, follow me. And it, it's just two words. Two words. They're the most simple thing, like, follow me to the grocery store. It's, it's not a big thing. But to me, it held so much. It said, love me, and I'll bring you peace. Trust me to guide you where you need to go. Everything will be all right if you just follow me. And a huge smack in the face of, I love you. And I'm not going to leave you. And it was just the feeling of pure, unfiltered love that I had never felt before. I, it, it was crazy. And that's what God's love feels like. God's love is like the childlike feeling of when you have a nightmare. And you wake up and you're like, oh, it's scary. And there's monsters in my closet and under my bed. And they're coming out to get me. And... You go into your mom and dad's room. You're like, I have a nightmare. I'm scared and I don't want to go back in my room. And so they scoop you up and they put them in your, put you in their bed. And now you feel safe because you got mommy and daddy and nothing can hurt you now. And those monsters and that darkness that you were scared of doesn't matter anymore. You got mommy and daddy. It's like if you had ropes around your chest and you couldn't breathe, and then they got cut. And you could finally breathe, and it's, it's amazing. And God's love, it's not just something that we sing about in church and then go and be like, yeah, it's a church thing. I don't know. It's not for me, I don't think. I, I've, met, I've messed up too many times. I don't think it's just a song. It's, it's like God's rushing, God wrapping his arms around you and reassuring you that it's going to be okay. It's, it's a rush of home, a wave of peace crashing over your head. It's just an overwhelming love you don't deserve. But God still gives it to you crazy because God's love or God is always just there waiting for us to take his hand and let him take control he's the father waiting for his son just to come home he's the parent that is so proud of his child no matter if they fall in the process of getting to him he doesn't look at the bumps and turns on the road that takes us to him All he wants is for us to run into his arms and call us his child. 
I don't know what this means to you. Whether you're someone that you've had that moment and you're like, yeah, I get it. It's crazy. I like, it's so crazy. I, someone else feels it. If you're that person that you have this card, you're like, God, what do you want me to put down on this? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. You're, you're my only hope. I don't know where you're at. Maybe this is a starting point. Maybe this is somewhere that if you're stuck, maybe this is a time that you go, wow, God loves me that much. That's crazy because I don't deserve it. I don't think he should give that to me because I, I, I don't deserve it. And he still comes up to you and he's like, hey, I love you. I don't, I don't know. But I thought I would share this with you so that maybe some of you could take that next step and go, wow, God loves me. Um, so Jared said, you can pray. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for you guys. <laughs> While I'm praying for you, can you please pray for me? <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm going to pray now. <laughs> oh my gosh. But God, thank you for letting me be able to come up on this stage and tell them about your love. God, thank you for letting me commit and not backing out. God, I don't know where these people are, but God, I just want them to be able to see your love. I don't know if I'm the person that shows them, that would be a great honor. But I just want them to be able to see your love because it's life-changing, God, and I want them to be able to experience it. And God, as they go out after church, let them be able to see your love. Let them not just come in here and say, okay, yeah, we sing about God's reckless love and how great he is. That's just, it's just a church thing. Let them be able to go out and go to their Portillo's lunch and be able to say, oh my gosh, God gave me this food and God gave me all of this and I'm going to cherish it and I'm going to be just so excited about it because God loves me. God, just let us have a good Sunday and let us be able to feel close to you. Amen. Killed it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us at church this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's teaching. If you have any questions or comments, shoot an email to office at scog.com. To continue to support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community for Christ, you can give online at scog.com or through the app. See you next week.